Unity does not mean that everybody conforms to one thing. There's still diversity in unity. Together, we make up the body that's a pure reflection of Jesus. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Father, thanks for today. Thank you for your anointing. Father, we pray that our, just as our hearts are open wide, Father, that you'll speak loud and clear to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, we've been in a series simply called The Kingdom. This is part four if you're taking notes. If you missed part one, part two, part three, go check out the podcast. Uh, but let's, let's just begin with this. Uh, two weeks ago, we said that God's kingdom is often referred to as an upside-down kingdom. Now, when we say this, what we are saying is is that God's kingdom thinks different, God's kingdom speaks different and acts different, or we could even say functions different than the world we see around us every day. If you know that's true, say, oh, yeah. Listen, Jesus made this really clear when he made this simple statement in John 18, verse 36. He simply said, my kingdom is not of this world. Now, some people wonder, you know, why God's kingdom is so different. Uh, The answer to that question is really simple. It's because God himself is different. In fact, maybe the better word to use is this, is opposite. God is opposite from the world that we see around us. If you couldn't, uh, you know, hear that even as Tristan talked, man, man, it's very obvious, right? In fact, let me just give you for an example. Think about these words that we so often use to describe uh, God's divine character and his nature. We, we threw this list up, you know, uh, a few weeks back. But, but it, you know, it doesn't take, uh, you know, much, much effort really or, you know, to read that and not see very quickly, man, that, that this world and his world, they're, they're not in agreement. And I'll just say it this way, that, that God's kingdom is truly operating and functioning from a, from a different compass. Amen. So just a few things that maybe I want you to grab here, and I'm going to go through this quicker than I, than I thought. Go ahead and throw up the next slide, please. Yeah. So, so remember this when we're talking about God's kingdom. Remember that God advances his kingdom always according to his nature. In other words, if you ever wonder, uh, you know, what God's up to, you, you know, it's always going to be in accordance to his nature. He's never going to do anything opposite. The second thing that I want you to see here is this, is that when you became a believer in Jesus, God himself deposited the kingdom inside of you. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, not only is the kingdom near you, but it is in you. So everything that we saw on that list a while ago, God has already deposited that in you if you've given your life to him. Third thing, when he not only deposited, but he's given you access to all of that by what? By the power of the Holy Spirit. None of that happens without, the, without an active, uh, you know, engaging relationship with the Holy Spirit. None of that comes natural. Yes? Next one here. Number four is this, is that, is that not only does he deposit in you, not only does he give you access to it, but he also desires for you to grow, as Pastor Tommy said last week, in every aspect of it. Fifth one. This is key. Watch this. Uh, the reason I said this, that he, that he wants you to demonstrate the kingdom, is because this, is because he doesn't want you just to uh, live in the kingdom. He actually wants you to live out the kingdom. You, you know, what good is it to have all of that in you if it's just for you? 
Yes? And so, in fact, even this, as Tristan's talking a while ago, that's part of the kingdom living out of us. Once again, that we have a voice, that we have courage, that we have boldness, that we're not silent, but we're willing to demonstrate and live out the kingdom. Once again, not in, not in a hateful way of what we see in our world around us, but there's a way to have courage that's still wrapped in love. Yes. Amen? So, listen, with all those uh, thoughts in mind, can you throw that, that list back up there, Johnny? Yeah, thanks, bro. L- listen, there's one word that I, that I feel like we need to focus on today. I, I really feel it's strong, and I don't think it's an accident that it kind of coincided with, with what Tristan talked about today. But listen, I believe God wants us to focus on one word on that list, and that word is this. It's the word unity. It's the word unity. In fact, I'll just uh, quickly say this. Uh, two weeks ago... When I, when I woke up and I opened up my eyes, I heard the Lord speak to me, and he simply just said this. He said, my kingdom isn't divided. That my kingdom isn't divided. And when I heard that, I immediately thought of a scripture that maybe you even thought of as well, but it's Mark 3, verse 24. It says this, says, if a kingdom, this is Jesus talking, if a kingdom is divided or separated into parts, that's what that means. If a kingdom is divided against itself, it cannot stand. Now, very quickly, we know from a theological point of view that God's kingdom can't be divided because, why? Because God himself isn't divided, right? And and if God was, this may sound really far out there, but if God was divided, then that means that he ceases to be God. Yes? So, listen, we we know that God can't can't be divided because 1 John 5, 7 tells us this. It says, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are... One. I've read that many times around here, but they are one. Now, listen, this may sound silly, but I want you to get the picture here. Uh, Jesus isn't sitting in heaven right now, you know, throwing a fit. He's not arguing with the Father about how he's running the world, right? How he's running the universe. The, the Holy Spirit isn't sitting in a corner, you know, crying and acting all insecure, and he's not jealous because he's not the Son, Right? The, the, the Trinity isn't having a spat. They're, you know, they're not giving each other the silent treatment. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, man, he doesn't have an agenda. They're secretly working on his own. You know, the Father's not sitting around with a group of angels around him, and he's talking behind Jesus, and the Holy Spirit's back. Are, are you with me? L- l- listen, it, it's this. None of that is happening. Why? And once again, the reason is because they are one, right? They aren't divided on anything. And, and so it's because of this uh, complete agreement that the Trinity has that, that allows them to do what? To function in perfect unity to be able to do what? To bring about the master plan. Are you guys with me? Now, when God spoke those words to me the other day, my kingdom isn't divided, I believe he was... First and foremost, saying this. He was, I think he was trying to say, look, this is how my kingdom functions. And if you want to function with my kingdom, then you need to be in agreement with it. Then you need to be in unity. So listen, church, if we're going to function with heaven, right, if we, we, then we need to be in unity as they are in unity. Are y'all awake this morning? Listen, and secondly, I, I think it was a reminder of this, that he doesn't, he doesn't want his perfect unity just to remain, just to stay in heaven. Right? They go, oh, wow, that's really good. But if you remember, and we've said this quite a bit lately, but remember what Jesus prayed. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, listen, if you are sitting here today and you're going, man, that's, that's really hard to believe that, that we could actually have perfect unity. I just want to remind you of what Jesus prayed for us in John 17. It says this in verse 20. He said, I am praying 
Not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Who's that all? That's us. He said, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. As in heaven, so on earth. It says, and may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. That's the demonstration. I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such what? Perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you loved me. Listen, grab a hold of that game that Jesus not only wants us to be in perfect unity with him, but he also wants us to be in perfect unity with each other. Now, now how many of you guys know, everybody look here, way up, okay? How many of you guys know that's a whole lot easier said than done? Now, look, this is a, a vast subject that I'm trying to condense and just hit a few highlights. And we're going to do our best because we could talk about this for hours. But, but here's the main thing I want us to grab. Once again, God always leads. He always builds. He always advances. You can even use the word operates, function, however you want to do it. But he always does, uh, leads the kingdom by his nature. And this particular subject, we're talking about this, that he leads by unity. So kind of a side note for you here, okay? Uh, this kind of goes without saying, but, but we'll say it. This must mean that if he leads his kingdom by unity, then it also must mean that God will never lead, he will never build, he will never operate in, he will never advance a kingdom-minded nation, a kingdom-minded region, a kingdom-minded church, a kingdom-minded family, a kingdom-minded person through division. Y'all hear me today. That Listen, if something divides, watch this, the body of Christ, it is not of God. Are y'all hearing me today? Now watch this. Did Jesus come to bring division? Yes. But between his realm and this realm. But when it comes to those that live in his realm, guess what? There should be no division. Why? Because we all serve one master. In fact, I'll just maybe say it this way. I keep thinking about this week that, that you know, obviously at the end when all knees bow and all, there's unity. And it's, and it's amazing how in that moment when we're all humbled in our own pet doctrines and all that stuff go out the way, we're all going to be in unity in that moment. Amen? Amen. So how about let's not wait till that moment. There we go. So listen, um, you know, as I thought about all this, I couldn't help but to wonder, and, and you're probably thinking the same thing, but, but if that's the case, if God desires perfect unity with us, then, then why, uh, you know, why are so many of his people divided? Why are they, right? And listen, as I, as I thought about that question for the past two weeks, I was actually reminded uh, of something that I read 20 years ago, if you believe that. I can remember stuff from way back then, 20 years ago. And, and, and I'll admit this, okay? Um, what I'm about to say will be far-stretched for some of you, and it will probably stretch your capacity to, to believe certain things. Uh, but I want to, to assure you this, that what I'm about to read is from a minister that has been proven uh, by his peers for many, many, many years, and, and the guy's fruit speaks for itself. Are you all with me? So, so what I'm going to share is, actually comes from a, a, an extraordinary dream that this man had in 1995. And he later uh, published it in one of his books, like I said, that I read 20 years ago. But, but here's what he wrote concerning the dream. Um, to kind of set it up, basically he saw in this, I'll just say massive field, he saw this massive army. If you, what, I, what I see in my mind, if you've ever watched Lord of the Rings fantastic movie uh basically when the armies are coming together and it's just like this sea of people that's what i see when i read this okay so he said this he said the demonic army was so large that it stretched as far as i could see 
It was separated into divisions, with each carrying a different banner. The foremost divisions marched under banners of pride, self-righteousness, selfish ambition, unrighteous judgment, and jealousy. It says, there were many more of these evil divisions beyond my scope of vision, but those in vanguard of this terrible horde from hell seemed to be the most powerful. In other words, there was a lot going on, but the ones he could see seemed to have the most power. And it says that the leader of this army was the accuser of the brethren himself. Who is that? It's Satan, right? It says, the weapons carried by this horde were also named. The swords were named intimidation. The spears were named treachery. And the arrows were named accusation, gossip, slander, and fault-finding. says, scouts and smaller companies of demons with such names as rejection, bitterness, impatience, unforgiveness, and lust were sent in advance of this army to prepare for the main attack. Watch this. These smaller companies and scouts were much fewer in number, but they were no less powerful than some of the larger divisions that followed. They were smaller only for strategic reasons. These smaller demonic companies were given extraordinary evil powers for the masses. Let me explain. He says this. A single demon of bitterness could sow his poison into multitudes of people, even entire races or cultures. If you don't think that's happening today. He said a demon of lust would attach himself to a single performer, movie, or advertisement and send what appeared to be bolts of electric slime that would hit and desensitize great masses of people. All of this was to prepare for the great horde of evil which followed. Watch this. It says, although this army was marching specifically against the church, it, was, uh, it also was attacking anyone else that it could. It said, I knew it was seeking to preempt a coming move of God which was destined to sweep a great number of people into the church. The primary strategy of this army was to cause division on every possible level of relationship. Family, don't miss this. Churches with each other, division. Congregations with their pastor. Husbands and wives. Children and parents, and even children with each other. The scouts were sent to locate the openings in churches, families, or individuals that such spirits as rejection, bitterness, and lust could exploit and enlarge. Through these openings would pour demonic influences that completely overwhelmed their victims. He says this, The most shocking part of this vision was that this horde was not riding on horses, but primarily on Christians. That's the reason I'm reading this. Most of them were well-dressed, respectable, and had the appearance of being refined and educated. But there also seemed to be representatives from almost every walk of life. In other words, there was everybody. While these people profess Christian truths in order to appease their conscience, they lived their lives in agreement with the powers of darkness. As they agreed with those powers, their assigned demons grew and more easily directed their, their actions. Since many of these believers were hosts to more than one demon, but one of the demons would clearly be in charge. The nature of the one in charge dictated which division it was marching in. Even though the divisions were all marching together, it also seemed that the entire army was on the verge of chaos. For example, the demons of hate hated the other demons as much as they did the Christians. The demons of jealousy were jealous of one another. The only way the leaders of this horde kept the demons from fighting each other was to keep their hatred focused on the people they were riding, the Christians. However, these people would often break out in fights with each other. Are y'all getting this? 
More than five of you getting this? It says, I noticed that the demons were riding on these Christians, but they were not in them, as was the case with non-Christians. Somebody mess with your theology. It was obvious that these believers had only to stop. Watch this. It was obvious that these believers had only to stop agreeing with the demons in order to get free from them. For example, if the Christians on whom a demon uh, of jealousy was riding just started to question the jealousy, that demon would weaken very fast. When this happened, the weakening demon would cry out and the leader of the division would direct all the demons around that Christian to attack him until jealousy would build up on him again. If this did not work, the demons would begin quoting scriptures, perverting them in a way that would justify, get that, quoting scriptures, perverting them in a way that would justify the bitterness, accusation, or other satanic influences that were spreading. I'm almost done. The powers of the demons was clearly rooted almost entirely in their power of deception. But they had deceived these Christians to the point that they could use them, and the Christians would think they were being used by God. This was because banners of self-righteousness were being carried by almost everyone so that those marching could not even see the banners that marked the true nature of these divisions. Let me pause for a second because I want to say something. Uh, And this is just more as your pastor to protect some of you. This doesn't belong to everybody, but it does to some people. Um, if, If you give ear to other ministries slamming other ministries, you are wrong. Okay, and the re- listen, there, there's people out there, once again, they can, disguise, they can disguise what they are saying, and they can quote scriptures, and they can do all these things. And, but at the end of the day, man, the accuser of brethren is an operation in their hearts, and, and they're trying to cause division in the church. I don't care how spiritual they look. Uh, a lot of those guys come from a position of anger and hate. And, and I would just say this uh, to you guys. Uh, don't give room for it. Because here's what happens. When you begin to listen to what they say, guess what happens with those arrows? They hit you. Are, are, you, are you guys hearing me? So, so, so you know, I, I've heard this. I'm just going to maybe say this and I'll move. There's a lot I could say about this. But, you know, they, they like to pull the scripture that says this. Well, Paul confronted Peter. That's convenient. But the only problem is this, is Paul and Peter had a relationship. L- listen, the biblical way is if you think that you got issues, if your brother's in sin, he's in heresy, he has issues, then you confront him privately. Okay, and you get a time where you actually talk about it and you give a chance for repentance. And if that guy doesn't do something, then you bring several people around and then you talk to them. And if they don't listen, then you can go before the church. Uh, The only problem is, is people are hiding behind a computer screen. Okay, and they're slamming other ministries and they're slamming other ministers for what somebody believes or what they're doing. And it's on both sides and and it's wrong. Okay, so 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 do, do yourself a favor. Don't let division. All right. Get in your heart. Uh, stay neutral. Here, here's my mindset on these things. When, when, when we know that, uh, that, that basically Jesus showed up to Joshua and he scared him and he says, who are you with? Are you with them? Or are you with us? What did he say? Neither. I'm with the Lord. That's my approach. I'll stay with the Lord and we'll let all that other stuff work itself out. Are y'all with me? Okay. All right. That was free. Here we go. Let's, let's read back. Here we go. He said this. He says, as I looked Uh, Far to the rear of this army, I saw the entourage of the accuser himself. I began understanding his strategy, and I was amazed that it was so simple. He knew that a house divided could not stand, and his army represented an attempt to bring such division to the church that she would be powerless and ineffective. 
It was apparent that the only way the accuser could do this was to use Christians to war against their own brethren. And that is why almost everyone in the four division was a Christian or at least a professing Christian. Every step these deceived believers took in obedience to the accuser strengthened his power over all his commanders, uh, caused them to grow with the progress of the army as it marched forward. It was apparent that the power of this army depended on the agreement of these Christians with the ways of evil. All right, listen, I know that was a lot, okay? But, but before you disregard that and say, well, that, that's not me, that couldn't be me, I would just encourage you today to simply do this. Holy Spirit, is any of that in me? Where have I come in agreement with the enemy and his plan and his scheme? It, you know, listen, it could be a family member. It could be your spouse. It could be one of your kids. It could be somebody in this church. It could be somebody in this region. It could be mom and him and Uncle Chuck and Uncle Will, whatever. Listen, if there's something in there, get the arrow out of you, please, okay, for your own health. All right, now listen, remember what I've told you in the past. That the enemy has zero authority in your life, zero power in your life unless you come in agreement with them. But the moment you come in agreement with a lie that he's trying to sell you, that's when he gains access and influence into your life. Is that true? All right, listen, not to beat a dead horse, but for the past few days, I keep thinking about Paul's word to the Corinthian church. He said this in 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen. He simply said this, I hear that divisions exist among you. Say that it gets back on track. That I hear that divisions exist among you. So this is nothing new in the church. Okay? It's not new. It goes back a while. In fact, we'll just say this. Theologically, we know that sin entered, uh, when sin entered the world, division came. Right? Adam blamed Eve. Cain murdered Abel. You can follow throughout the rest of the history, and you can see this consistent trend of conflict and division in the world. Yeah? But, but listen, for us today, I, I'm just kind of curious... You know, because we can't turn on the TV, we can't, we can't read something online without there being some kind of political arm, uh, argument with one party or one group of people pointing the finger, you know, at the other one, blaming the other one. We all know, you know, we're kind of, you know, isolated up here in the Northeast and, yeah, in some way, about to say Northwest, Northeast in some way. But listen, there's racial tension all throughout our land, right? But, but it's also this. I've wondered, man, is it because in our nation there's a clear lack of accountability, there's a clear lack of personal responsibility, or, or is it this? Or is it because, once again, it, it, isn't, it isn't uncommon to hear one pastor slam another, and it's not uncommon to see one group of Christians accusing another group of Christians. And I saw that to say this. All of that makes me wonder, have we become so immersed in disunity that we have become immune to the negative effects of the spirit of division even in the church? You know, listen, has all of that, you know, somehow, do we feel like that's all of a sudden given us permission, you know, to act the way the world acts? Once again, we are supposed to think different Speak different, act different, but, but listen, why in the world, you, you know, ha, have we forgotten that we are about a different spirit? Are, are y'all with me today? L- listen, however we choose to wrap it up and whatever we want to point the finger at, at the end of the day, somewhere along there, it's just like that dream, and we've come in, a dream, uh, we've come in agreement somewhere with the enemy. We've come in agreement with the accuser of the brethren, uh, once again, the one who wants to stop the move of God not only in this world, but, man, in this nation, in this region, right, in this church. And listen, in your family, 
right, and even in your life. If, if you want to stop the move of God in your life like that, let all that junk get in you. Yeah? You, you, you know, we wonder, God, why haven't you moved in a, in a long while in my life? Great time to take inventory. Amen? So, so listen, rather than you and I succumbing to the plan of the enemy, um, let's think about what would happen if we actually confronted any division that might be in our hearts. What would happen if we chose to walk in unity? Now, now get it. Understand, big subject, and we may not understand it all, but if we start stepping, God will make it clear. All right, let's start moving in a forward direction. So, li- listen, I believe this. When, when you and I begin to uh, make the decision to confront division, and I've said this before, but the, the first thing we've got to come to face-to-face with is, is this. It's, it's our tendency to live in an independent spirit. Now, everybody look at me, please. Okay, I know I, I pick, on, uh, pick on folks here a lot, but listen, if we realize or not, every single person in this room has a tendency to want to live independent. It's part of the fallen nature. Yes? So so it's kind of like this. Watch this. At its core, what an independent spirit does is it divides. It separates us from the whole. It separates us from the body. 1 Corinthians, right? 12. Look, look, because it says this. It says, I don't need them. That's what an independent spirit says. It looks around the room. It makes face, you know, eye-to-eye contact with folks in the room. It says, I don't need you. All right? Listen, though. It, It says this. It also tells us that we are better and more important than others. It makes our wants, our needs, our opinions, our rights, our revelations, our gifts, our dreams, our visions, the center of the universe. And if everybody else doesn't get where I'm at, then they're not of God. And they're missing it. Wrong. Please listen to me, guys. Um, Unity does not mean that everybody conforms to one thing. There's still diversity in unity. And we have to embrace diversity. We're not called to be clones. You, you, you know, listen, if I, if I went down the line here and I said, hey, man, what's your call for God? What's your dream? What's your dream? What's your dream? What's your dream? It's going to be different. And together, what? When you begin to look at their strengths that God has given them. Because you don't think like I think. That's wrong. Yes? Let me maybe even say this to you. Um, just because just because there's a disagreement doesn't mean there's not unity. Where where you know division comes as this is when I want to be right more than I want to honor you. Am I making sense? So listen. In, in fact, I'll just say this. While I was preparing this message, in fact, I don't know. It was like Friday. I don't know Thursday. Some I was out in my yard praying. And, and, and I heard the Lord say this to me, and it really caught me off guard. But he said this. He said, don't confuse, don't mistake a spirit of leadership with an independent spirit. Don't confuse a spirit of leadership with an independent spirit. Watch this. Let me show you the difference. Uh, a spirit of leadership gathers people around a common vision that God has given, which cultivates what? Unity. So, so watch this. As a church, guess what? We are called to unify around the vision that God's given us so we can move forward in this region. Yes? And, and listen, uh, I, you know, a church that I, that I highly respect, Chestnut. I love Adam. Adam's a man of God. You know, God's given them a vision. Let's support, you know what I'm saying? That's where they gather. Now, now are, they, are there different doctrinal beliefs in this church and that church? Sure. And? And, listen, can, can, listen, my Bible says, once again, that, that, you know, we're not of, you know, it says, 
Some say they're of Paul. Some say they're of Paulus. Some say they're of this. Man, there's one Jesus. And if we can gather around that, I'm good. Yeah, and I can put the gray areas, I can set them aside, and, uh, because why? Because there's, a, there's enough humility in me and in him that says simply this. We know that when we all get to heaven one day, you know, we'll figure it all out. Yeah. It's really that simple, right? So watch this. So, so, so a godly leader, when it comes to a spirit of leadership, a godly leader knows how to serve and empower others. Because it, why? Because it puts people first. Now, now everybody look at me really quick. Um, when you hear spirit of leadership, please don't think, well, that, you know, he's talking about himself. No, no, no. Listen, every one of us are called to lead in some way. Listen, if you're a dad, you're a leader. If you're a mom, you're a leader. If you have a company, you're a leader. If you're a man, listen, we're all leading somewhere. And once again, we can lead for our own agenda or we can lead for the kingdom. Right? Are you all with me today? Watch this. Whereas if there's a independent spirit what what happens it separates itself from others through isolation which brings about division everybody look at me please please listen god calls us to unity in spite of what our personality type may be okay so listen i'm a guy when when you take the personality test i i'm borderline introvert extrovert i know it's hard to believe right but I'm borderline right there, and they bump me on over for extrovert. But I like being alone. But listen, I know me, me being alone isn't good for the body. Right? I can go hide in a cave all day long. But, 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 but listen, you know why? Because I can hang out with Jesus there, and I'm happy, right? And I can find some Alabama football, and I can maybe even find an Xbox game. And I'll be a happy man. Give me a good book, right? But, but listen, what good am I to the body if I hide? Amen? So for you guys that are extroverts that all you do is talk, it'd be good for you to go hide some. <laughs> right? To, 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 go, to go hear what Jesus might be saying and let him work some things in you. And, and for you to get a little bit introspective so you can come out and be a, 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 you know, a healthy member. <laughs> right? <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, I'm planning on saying that. That's free. Here we go. All right. Here we go. So once again, watch this. So an independent person, watch this. They view others as an opportunity to make themselves look better because it puts themselves first. If they are first, watch this. If they are first, right, center of the universe, then why should they answer to anyone? Listen to me, guys. It is impossible to grow in the kingdom of God without other people. Great place to say amen. Because why? Because you say, well, I got Jesus. Well, Jesus and other people too, and he talks to them as well. Amen? We all need to hear people, right? Yes, yes. Listen, they think this. Why should, why should they listen to anyone? They, they, an independent spirit says basically this, that, that it has a mindset that breeds a lack of accountability, a lack of teachability, a lack of submission. And, and once again, th- those are all trademarks of an independent spirit. Now, everybody look here, please. I realize that our region is no different. There's people being hurt by the church all over the place. I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about with the believers. Yeah. Who do you let speak into your life? Because I got people that will stick their foot up my rump knee deep if need be. Okay? And, and I'm thankful for those people. Why? Because they keep me in line. Amen. Yeah? So, so, but listen, but who do we give room to to speak to our lives? And once again, that, that helps us. Watch this. Brings us back into unity. That's really what I'm saying. Amen? All right. If I'm upsetting you there, sorry. All right, here we go. Watch this. Um, if you and I are going to live, 
Once again, that we're called to live from his kingdom, his realm, into this one. I believe we need to cultivate a heart of unity. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give two verses and we're going to roll here, okay? Right here. Just, just lodge this in your heart. Maybe we'll talk about this later. I don't know. Here we go. Philippians 2. It says this. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, watch this, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. Y'all hear me? It's hard to be independent when you do that, right? And then it says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant. Here's what I'm saying, y'all. Look at me, please. Look, I'm trying to be kind, okay, and really nice about all this. But, but listen, if, if it was good enough for Jesus, then it should be good enough for us. Yeah, uh, it, listen, in my heart, here's what I'm saying. I don't feel like I'm getting on you, but all I'm trying to say is this. is man, Jesus has deposited, invested so much in every one of you. Why wouldn't you want to be a gift to somebody else? That's really what I'm saying, right? So, so, so don't hear that as frustration. Hear that as a heart of going, come on, we need you. We need you. That's what I'm saying, okay? So look at this, look at this last verse here, Ephesians 4. What's the mean? Cultivating... Heart of unity. It says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Watch this. Here's the keys. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another, fourthly, in love, being diligent to persevere, what the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope, of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. That's a lot of alls, right? So I just think this, and, and we're kind of landing this thing, but if you and I are going to cultivate a heart of unity, if we're going to live in this upside-down kingdom, right, if we're going to leave, live once again from that kingdom to this one, I just think we need to be willing to mature and grow in those four aspects of humility, gentleness, Patience and love. Why? Because when those things are rooted in your heart, it's very hard to live independent from others. Right? right? And, and, and what happens is, is, once again, we all have that tendency. We, we've all been hurt. We've all been offended. We've all been, we all got reasons. Right? I, I, got, I got loads of reason to put this mic down and walk away forever. I got plenty of them. Okay? But I don't. Because why? <laughs> Implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. I can't. Yeah? And, and so it's this. So humility, even to people who I don't agree with, and gentleness with them, and patience with them, and overall love, right? That keeps me in the game. It keeps my heart in unity. Am I making sense to you guys? Awesome. Let's stand to our feet, please. Thanks for hanging in there with us today. Let me maybe just say this. Um, you know, there's a lot of people here today, a lot of new people that I don't know. And I don't know where everybody's at with the Lord. But um, the greatest unity that you could ever have in your life is getting unity with Jesus. 
So listen, if you don't know Jesus today, man, today's a great day. We're, we're going to have some people that are going to come up here in a minute, and, and they're willing to pray with you. If you do not know the Lord, uh, rather than you just staying there and staying, you know, not having a personal moment, come up here and just tell whoever's here, man, look, I need to get right with God. I know you may be hurrying. I know you may want to go home and get some fried chicken. Um, but listen, the greatest decision you'll ever make is to get in unity with God. Amen. And, and, and I think secondly is I just want us to be able to look around the room and, and have, a, have a genuine love and a genuine appreciation for one another. And, and, and it's kind of like this. Everybody look here, please. To, to go in spite of what's happening in the world around us, here's how we are going to do life together. We are going to be in unity. If I disagree, then we disagree. It's fine. But we're going to walk in unity. Why? Because we have humility, right? We have a gentleness. We have a patience. And we have love for one another. And if we can get that, man, everything else is going to be all right. But, but everybody watch this, please. Um, we cannot be afraid. And I'm opening up a door here. I know this. Uh, but we can't be afraid to go, hey, here's where I disagree. You know, listen, there's people in this room that will flat out tell me, hey, I disagree with what you preach. And, and I appreciate that because it kind of keeps me, my feet on the ground. Right? And it gives me an opportunity to go, okay, maybe here's how that was heard. So, so listen, it's okay to have those talks with one another. Yeah? How, how are we going to get closer if we don't? Okay? All right. I think y'all get the point. Y'all smart people. Father, thank you for today. Lord, we just ask, God, that you would begin to increase our capacity, God, to walk in unity. God, you're the one that says that your love has been shed abroad in our hearts. God, that you have poured your unconditional love in our hearts. God, you are the one that's put the kingdom inside of us. You are the one that's given us access to it. And Lord, we're just asking, God, that we would begin to just do that. I mean, Lord, I know I'm talking circles here, but Lord, that you would uh, give us uh, just the desire, God, to grow God, in humility, God, that you would give us a desire, God, to grow in patience, a desire to grow in gentleness, a desire, God, to grow in love. Father, we just ask, God, that you would reach down deep in us. God, if there is anything inside of us, God, that is not of your spirit, God, God, if it's an independent spirit or God, if it's bitterness, if it's anger, if it's jealousy, if it's anything that's causing us to walk in unity with people in this room or maybe even someone in our past, Lord, we're just asking God in Jesus' name that you would come and you would snatch that arrow out of us. God, and that you literally, you would heal us, God. You would heal us, God. Father, we thank you, God, for increasing, God, the spirit of unity within our church, within our church family, God. Father, we thank you, God, for causing every person to see, God, their value, their worth, uh, God, to this, to this body, God. Father, we ask, God, that you would do simply what no man can do, God, and you would, and you would literally bond our hearts together. Bond our hearts together, one mind, one heart, one spirit. And, Father, the things of this world that are causing so much distractions, God, we pray that you would give us deaf ears to them because you said that the voice of a stranger we would not listen to. So, Father, we just trust our lives with you today. And, Jesus, we say we love you. Seal it in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.